Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is gonna go to the gym with me tomorrow, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? Uh, well, I'm, I'm doing good now, uh, but uh, roughly around this time tomorrow, I'm gonna be in hell. Uh, not prepared for what you're about to put me through, but look, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, we're going to the gym. You're gonna get me in shape. I'm gonna become uh, the the biggest person in this house. I'm gonna be able to lift more weight than you, um, and that's just an obvious. That's gonna happen. I mean, Ben's seen me when I've been, when I've worked out. I, I get huge, um, and of course, we finally have after almost a month, I think, uh, back with us the third member of this podcast. Um, some people call him their favorite contributor. He is definitely my least favorite contributor on this podcast. However, he is the only contributor. That is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm great, man. I'm going to be doing a lot better than you tomorrow. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> ben, um, Trevor, I, I will say, I'll just give you some advice. As, as someone who has lived with Brandon, when when he's sore the day after going to the gym, it's it's not fun. Just just <laughs> ignore him. He's going to complain about everything. He's going to ask you to like get him some water for him. He's going to he's going to. I can picture right now. He's going to sit on the couch, slumped over, act like he hates his life, and just be like. <sighs> Trevor, can you give me some water and just say no? Just don't, don't. If you give a mouse a cookie, Trevor, you're like you just don't do it. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a pain in your ass tomorrow. I'm just telling you that right now. Well, so in addition tomorrow, Ben, I'm making my famous steak tacos. So look, I might be the one getting the water for Trevor. You're famous? Since when have you cooked steak tacos? I, I have very famous steak tacos. Trevor saw the marinade today. I mean, Trevor, they're looking pretty good, don't you think? Oh, I'm excited. I mean, I love tacos. Uh, you know, you've told, you've raved about these steak tacos, so yes, I am very excited. Ben, you know, once upon a time, I just developed uh, an amazing steak taco recipe, and maybe, maybe when you come up and visit, uh, you, you'll get a taste of them. Uh, even though hey, you're Trevor. not really a steak guy. But... Trevor, has he made you grilled cheese yet? No, he has not. It, all right, let me give me, let me give you a, just a hint. It's not that good. He's gonna tell you it's really good. It's average. It's actually world famous. Uh, there's it's, been it's many average. prized chefs. Uh, and, you know, essentially pastry makers around the world uh, that have come from faraway lands and even planets. I, I've met extraterrestrial life uh, that have wanted the, the grilled cheese recipe and wanted to figure out the secret ingredient. But nah. Ben, uh, luckily, I've never told them. It's, it's been under, held under. Trevor, he's going to tell you he's going to tell you it's world famous and you're going to you're going to be nice and say it's good. But it's cheese on bread like it's, it's hard to mess up. Gotcha. So just, um, that's 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 another thing to look out for again, Trevor. If you ever need help, he's not easy to live with. If you ever need help, just give me a call. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Hey, at this point, Trevor and I have been together for I mean three weeks here. Trevor's Trevor's seen what it's no, that's like. That's true. I guess it's been a while. So so he's he's seen what it's like. He knows what it's like. Uh, so you, you look, Ben, you're you're old news at this point. But again, fair enough. This is we're on a sports podcast, gentlemen. All right, there's a lot to talk about today, and we're starting off in the NBA. We are in the heat of uh you know middle of the first round of the uh nba playoffs a lot of players hurt a lot of interesting storylines a lot of dylan brooks unfortunately that i've heard about um and look trevor i don't know where we're starting off today but there's 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 a lot of storylines to hit on well i think you you kind of like you know made a good transition for me because you said in the heat you know and the the miami heat my favorite team they are currently playing right now. It's game four against the Milwaukee Bucks. So, you know, I got my D-Way jersey on. I'm really hoping that the Heat could pull off this game four win. It would be uh, it would be a huge win. So we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, right now they're mid, 
midway through the second quarter. But the Heat currently, as we are talking, uh, do have a 2-1 lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, listeners, uh, you already know the result of this game. But the Heat do have a 2-1 lead over the Bucks. Obviously, Giannis being out for Game 2 and Game 3 and a big portion of Game 1 um, is, you know, that, that's a big reason why, the biggest, single biggest reason why I will certainly admit that as a Heat fan uh, because Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Um, but, you know, this, I mean, it's kind of been weird because Game 1, Game 2, and Game 3 have all been pretty wildly different games. I mean, Game 1, the Heat came out, they shot the lights out, Jimmy Butler was awesome, he had 35 points. The Heat took Game 1 in Milwaukee, 130-117, to and then we went to Game 2, and the Heat completely uh, didn't really show up. Uh, the Bucks shot really well without Giannis. Um, they had a good game, and they won. The game ended up being uh, a 16-point win, but it was really never in doubt. Milwaukee had uh, a pretty huge game there uh, and had the lead, you know, the entire game. Game three, then again, was Miami was in control. The entire game again, another really good shooting game. Now here we are, game four. You know, trying to figure out what's you know what's going to happen. And the weirdest thing about this series to me has been you know because obviously for me like my expectations weren't very high coming into this. I picked the Bucks to win in five, so I am very happy with what's going on overall. Obviously, you never want to see injuries. Um, and in addition to Giannis being hurt, the Heat have had their own injuries. Tyler Hero, uh, you know, he has a broken right hand. I believe he just went through surgery, but doesn't seem like, even if the Heat advance, doesn't really seem like he's coming back. I think the timetable I read somewhere was about six weeks. So I don't really anticipate, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't anticipate him coming back. Um, And then we just got news about Victor Oladipo. Obviously, he sustained um, an injury, and there is no good news about this. Victor Oladipo, a player who I've, I mean, I liked way before he ever come, came to the Heat, and his injury is a season-ending injury. Um, I believe it's in relation to his left knee. I think it's a torn, they're calling it a torn patellar tendon in his left knee. So just really sad for Victor Oladipo. It's going to end his season. And unfortunately, in these playoffs, injuries are a big story. You, you never want to see that. You never want to see injuries be a big story. But as far as the games themselves, it's been really strange um, because Giannis didn't play in Game 3. And, you know, I I was surprised. I thought Giannis was going to play in Game 3 even if he wasn't 100%, and he didn't. And I don't know, I guess, you know, they just figured maybe we can win it without Giannis. Maybe that's what the Bucs were thinking. But it's kind of weird because, I mean, you can only lose uh, three games. You lose four games, you're out. So... I don't know, maybe the Bucks just kind of think they have the series in the bag. I'm not exactly sure what they think, but now they're down 2-1, to one, and this game forward, the game that's going on right now, is kind of a must-win for them. So we will see what happens in this series. But, Brandon, um, any general thoughts about this Heat-Bucks series? Yeah, I mean, the Bucks are going to win. Uh, yeah, I don't even—you know what, Trevor? I would bet—I'm sorry to say this. I bet without Giannis they could still win. Is that well, how I take? Well, they have him back now, so you, I, I don't really think have to worry about them not having him. But you know, you can say that. I'm, I'm totally cool with you. In fact, I'd prefer that you say that. I hope that it seems like everyone still thinks the Bucks are going to win. The Bucks are the betting favorite. We, and we need to. All right, that's fine on, by me. That's fine by me. We gotta discuss this on this podcast. We do too much of this. We do too much. Trevor, y- Trevor, there's no way. The Bucks lose this series. Why are just, we doing no this? Why do we do this on this podcast? <laughs> I, we, Trevor, I got your back, man. We, there's no way the Bucks lose. It's impossible. We just gloss over this stuff. 
we gotta stop with this anti-jinxing and stuff. I don't want to do Reverse this stuff jinxing. anymore. Let's just all say what we believe. Ben, I'm looking at you. You're the number I'm one. I'm being honest. Proprietor. There's no way the Bucks lose. You you were the biggest person, especially with like the Bengals and stuff. You're crazy about it, Trevor. I don't want to hear this. The Heat are losing. They're gonna lose. I mean, yeah, I, I I think I agree with you. You know, I mean, they have Giannis back. I mean, the Heat scored 121 points in Game Three. They scored 130 points in Game One. Uh, that was largely because with, there was no Giannis Antetokounmpo. He wasn't in the game. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. The Bucks need him. Without him, they become, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I guess they're still a playoff team without him, probably. But he's the best player in the NBA for a reason. So now that he's back and he's healthy, I well, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's 100% healthy, but he's back. I don't think the Heat are going to be able to win. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks won three games straight. I hope that's not the case. I really do. But I'm still worried that these really good shooting performances are really good shooting performances are flukes. I'm really worried about that. You know, the Heat can go out there and they could make six or seven threes in a row, and I still am going to be nervous thinking that the next ten are going to be misses. You know, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of how I think about that because that's kind of what this season's been. I mean, the Heat have been a relatively average team. They were 44 and 38. They're the eight seed and it's been a very disappointing season. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, I do still think the bucks are going to win it probably in six. I mean, maybe the heat can push it to seven. Um, but it, it might just be, uh, you know, four to two instead of four to one. Like I originally predicted. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, I think it's going to be a lot to a little, I'm saying four, one still keeping it on that prediction. Well, it can't uh, be it can't be four one because the, the Heat have two. Oh, you're wins right, right, four two, four two. You're right. I was thinking, <laughs> I was just looking at the numbers, expecting that the Bucks were up two one. Um, yeah, no, I see Miami is up two to one. So yeah, it'll be four two. Uh, the Bucks win the next three. I'm calling it here. I'm always right, and I'll be right here again. <laughs> What's the next series we're discussing, Trevor? All right, so the next series, uh, you know, for for the Cavs fans, this is not going to be uh, a good listening experience. But the Knicks I, I have talk a about this. The Knicks have a three to one lead over the Cavs. Uh, Brandon, I'll, I'll throw it off to you first. You you can talk about the series first. Look, before this series started, what did I say, Trevor? And you've been hearing me say this around the house for the last like week. And I'm sorry you have to hear it again, but the Cavs suck on the road. They don't know how to play on the road, and they took the the Knicks stole a game at home. And now it's 3-1, and the Knicks are going to win this series. I predicted it in six originally, but the Knicks are closing it out on Wednesday. That's going to be it. They're going to get into Cleveland. They're going to leave Cleveland. All the Cleveland fans are going to cry. It's so sad. Your Cavs lost, and everyone's going to laugh at them. And I'm going to be laughing at them because the Knicks are winning in five. They're ending it. In five. I called it on the pod. They're winning in five now. They're winning in five now. They're going to win the next oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're ending it. They're ending it on Wednesday. All right. Well. And I want to point out if they win in six, I'm going to say I called it. <laughs> okay. All right. What well, everyone prepared uh, on this podcast for that. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say what I, th- I think last. Uh, ben, what, what are some of your thoughts on this series? I mean, the Knicks have the 3-1 lead. They took both games in New York. Obviously, they stole the game one, um, you know, despite Donovan Mitchell's really good performance. What, what are some of your thoughts on this series? Um, I mean, I, I, like I said this earlier, like, I think, I think the Knicks are so much fun to watch. Like if Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart are playing really well together, they're so much fun to watch. Um, and they're a good team. Like I, and like it, they're, they're just like, 
and it's it's hard because like professional sports, it's so hard because everybody's so good. But I mean, they're totally of the mantra of like they they've they've gotten hot at the right time. Like the last month or so, they've been on fire, um, and they're playing really well. And the, I mean, the Cavs are supposed to be this this fantastic defensive team, and they I mean they've still done well defensively in this series. But I mean, the Knicks have shown they have a, they have a lot of star power and a lot of scoring you know um, opportunities on that team, or I guess avenues on that team with with Brunson and with Hart and with R.J. Barrett. And then you know, ain't no stopping Obi Toppin, of course. Um, so it, I, I've been all for it. I mean, I, I'm with Brandon. I'm, I'm Team Knicks for sure. Like I, I think the Knicks are my, as of yesterday, the first time I watched him probably all year because you know I, I hate Tom Thibodeau and I think he's a terrible coach, even though he's really good. Um, I think they're my favorite team right now. Like I, I want them to go to the finals. Are they going to go to the finals? Probably not. But I actually saw a tweet, Trevor. I think you'll think this is funny. I saw a tweet from some dude, clearly a Knicks like journalist or something. And he was basically exp- explaining how, like, the Knicks going to the finals would not be that big of a deal, would not be that surprising. Because he gave, like, some stupid take, like, well, they'll beat the Cavs, and then they, they already, or they beat the, they beat the, uh, the Bucks, like, twice this year. And then they beat the Celtics the last time they played them. So, like, them going to the finals would not even be that surprising. So that's me. I'm all in on the Knicks. I, I, I fully expect them to go to the finals. Um, and Obi Toppin will get his, his first of, I'm predicting seven, we'll say, uh, NBA championships this year. Seven NBA championships for Obi Toppin. Wow. All right. Actually, I take that back because because it, clearly it's not all about championships. I mean, LeBron's way better than Jordan. He only has four. So we'll say we'll say he'll get he'll get five. He'll get one more more one more than LeBron. One more than LeBron. Okay. Well, LeBron's gonna win this year, so. All right. He'll get six. He'll tie he'll tie Jordan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, this series. I mean, I'm obviously surprised because I I had the Cavs winning this series. I had it Cavs in six. Um, I I just thought that. Uh, the, in terms of the starting lineups, I thought the Cavs definitely had the advantage. Um, in terms of the star power, I, I liked Don, the Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland over Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. But the biggest thing overall in the series, in Game Four, it, it was about it, you know Game Four was a little bit different. I'll, I'll talk about that. But I think the general theme of this series is that the Knicks have more depth than the Cavs, and their bench is much better than the Cavs' bench. I mean, the yeah. Cavs in this series have gotten very little production from pretty much everyone on their bench outside of Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert did have a really good game, too. He showed up. Um, you know, he put up some points. He had a very good game. But other than that, the bench production has just not really been there from, Cavs, from the Cavs. They've been searching for answers. And I think, you know... At the trade deadline, there were a lot of people talking about the Cavs should make a move. They still need that small forward piece. There's a missing piece. Like you have Donovan Mitchell and Garland in the backcourt. You have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in the front court. You need that small forward that's going to be a solid guy that can be a really good 3 and D player for you in the playoffs. And the Cavs haven't really found that guy. I know Karis LeVert you know, once every four games can be that guy, but it's once every four games. You need it to be four out of every four games um, in order for the Cavs to have a real chance of contending for a title, and they don't really have that right now. Obviously, you look at a guy like Isaac Okoro. He's a really good defensive player. Um, He's been solid on that end, but they haven't been able to play him a lot of minutes because um, of how you know, bad he has been on offense. You know, he did have a stretch in the regular season where he was starting to become a better three-point shooting, a uh, better three-point shooter, but that hasn't played out in the playoffs. He's only shooting 20% from three. It looks like he's made, um, let's see, he's made, where's the number? 
I don't know. I can't find it. He's made two of 10. He's made two of 10 threes in this series. So obviously that's not what you want. Uh, you can even look at Jetty Osman, another guy that they've tried there. Um, he's four of 16 from three, but Jetty Osman is kind of a defensive liability. We saw in game one, they tried to put him out there in crunch time. He was guarding Jalen Brunson and that was a big mistake because Jalen Brunson got wherever he wanted. Um, now, when you get to Game 4, obviously it was a little bit different because, you know, in the playoffs you need your stars to show out, and Donovan Mitchell did not. He, he did not have a good game in Game 4. Um, you know, he played really well in Game 1, but Game 4 was not what you want from Donovan Mitchell. He's 5 of 18, uh, 11 points. He's only averaging 22 points per game in this series, um, and, and that's just not what you want. You know, I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan, but he has not played up to the standard that you would expect. I think Evan Mobley overall, again, it's st- like he's still young, right? So the offensive development, you still can kind of, even though we, I think Cavs fans would have hoped he would play a little bit better. I don't think you can knock him too much because he's still super young. He's still been pretty solid on defense. But the Cavs have just had trouble scoring points. Um, I'm looking right now in basketball reference. They're only averaging 94 points per game. And in today's NBA, you you just don't have a chance if you're only going to put up 94 points per game. It's not going to work. And the Knicks, again, the depth, the bench production. Jalen Brunson's been awesome. Josh Hart. Um, who who comes off the bench has been awesome for them. I love Josh Hart and Julius Randle hasn't even been like that great, but it hasn't really mattered all that much because Brunson's been so good. Josh Hart has been really good, and now they're even getting production from a guy like R.J. Barrett, who I think had a pretty underwhelming and disappointing regular season, but now is playing very well in the postseason. So good for R.J. Barrett. Um, obviously, you know, highly regarded prospect out of Duke. He's playing very well for the Knicks. And the Knicks now, they're up 3-1. You know, it's only a couple teams in history have come back from a 3-1 deficit. So it does seem like the Knicks are going to win. Any notable ones, Trevor? There are some notable ones. There's the Cavs uh, in the 2016 Finals coming back from the Warriors. Greatest player of all time led that (laughs) There's also the Warriors coming back from the the Thunder, 3-1 in the series before. So, yeah. Yeah. There are some notable ones. Um, I don't really think it's going to happen in this one. I think the Cavs will win Game 5 at home. Um, But I think uh, that Game 6 in New York, I think, is where the Knicks will probably uh, close it out there. But... If you guys don't have any thoughts on this series, we can move on to the next one, which the next series, there's not really a ton to talk about, to be honest. The, the Philadelphia 76ers swept the Nets 4-0. to I don't really have a ton to say as far as the games themselves. The biggest story, obviously, is that Embiid does have a minor injury right now um, to his knee. Uh, I think Shams this morning said they think that uh, he thinks – Embiid will be out for about a week, which is about the timetable of when game one likely would start of that second round series. So something to keep an eye on. But other than that, I don't have a ton to say. Uh, Tyrese Maxey was really good in this series. He showed up um, in the game. I think game three when Embiid wasn't having a very good game, Tyrese Maxey showed up, played very well. James Harden um, had a couple solid games, and they even got uh, a really good game out of Tobias Harris, I believe, in game four, where he had a really solid game. So the Sixers, you know, they look solid. Again, going against a team like the Brooklyn Nets, it's kind of hard um, to tell exactly because I don't think the Brooklyn Nets are a very good team. Um, so so it's tough. They're going to likely play the Celtics, and I think that's I do still think that's going to be a tough matchup for them. The Celtics historically um, have, have done pretty well against the Sixers in the past in the playoffs, and it, it's going to be hard for me 
uh, to be convinced that they could beat the Celtics this year as well. But, uh, Brandon, any, any thoughts on uh, the Sixers-Nets series? No, not, not, not too much to say here. Uh, I mean, this, this series is over. The Sixers are just a better basketball team, plain and simple. Gotcha. All right. Uh, ben, anything from you? You want to give any praise to Tyrese Maxey or anything? I mean, the Nets stink. Tyrese Maxey is really good. I'll, I'll give him credit there. Um, and Embiid being hurt is, like, the least surprising thing ever because I feel like he always gets hurt in the uh, playoffs. Um, but, I mean, if he's healthy, like, they're a good team. We'll see. I mean, they'll play the Celtics next round. That'll, that'll be the real test. I don't think this was obviously much of a test for them. Um, so it's hard to get – it's hard to, to be too high or too low on, on the Sixers after one series. Like, it was, it was against a team that just wasn't that good. So um, ask me again halfway through the next series, and I'll, I'll have a better uh, assessment of, of their, uh, their team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Celtics Sixers series, I'm super excited for it, assuming it happens. Um, I, I think it's going to be an awesome series, but I do still lean toward the Celtics. But that's a good transition to uh, the Celtics-Hawks series. The Celtics do have a 3-1 to one lead. Um, not completely over, but most likely um, going to be ending, I would say, in Game 5. The Hawks did finally win a game. They won Game 4. Trey Young was really solid in this one. Um or wait, did they win game four? Or no. I'm to pull it up. They did not but win game four. They won game three. Um, so the Hawks, you know, they they just – it's kind of weird because the whole season's been the same thing. It's like they have all this talent and they've underachieved. And now they're down 3-1 to the Celtics. The Celtics did just win game four um, to extend the series lead. And it seems like it's going to end in game five. I mean, I think before the series I predicted the sweep. You know, the Hawks managed to get one, but – they most likely won't get another. I mean, the Celtics are just, they're, they're super solid because they have, not only do they have a star in Jason Tatum and another, you know, all-star in Jalen Brown, but they still have a solid depth. It's, it's kind of the same story as last season. This roster isn't a ton different. Obviously, you have different guys that are, you know, producing. I think you could argue Derek White has been better this season than he was last year. You can argue Marcus Smart's been worse this year than he was last year. But overall, a lot of the pieces are pretty similar here for Boston. Uh, one of the things to look out for that I, I just continue to keep an eye on is Robert Williams. Robert Williams has had health problems in the past. Um, he's very important against a team like the Sixers, against a team like the Bucks, if they eventually play the Bucks potentially. He's an important piece to have for that defense. And the Celtics have been giving up some points to the Hawks this series. They gave up 121 um, in game four and just in general the defense has not been quite as good um, as it was last season when they made their run to the finals so uh, that's something to keep an eye on but the Celtics continue to play really well taking care of business and I expect them uh, to close out in game five um, Ben any any thoughts about this Celtics Hawks series no this series blows I will say um I'm not. I'm no NBA expert, Trevor. That's you. But I, I'm not even kidding. I think it took me until Game Three of this series to to realize that it was the Hawks that's playing the Celtics because it was just like it, it so doesn't matter. Like the Celtics are gonna beat them. Um, and I think that's how the series has gone. Like the Hawks have kind of showed up for like a game and a half maybe, but like the Celtics are just way better. Um, and it, you know, I, I give the Celtics a lot of credit. They're smart. They they wanted the extra ticket sales, so they they let the Hawks win one, you know, in, in Atlanta, and then they come home. They'll they'll clinch it at, at home. More ticket sales, more revenue being brought in after a, a home uh, first round clinch. So I, I respect the Celtics for for being true entrepreneurs uh, this this basketball season. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, with the Hawks, I, I just wonder if there's going to start to be questions around this Trey Young thing now. Will the Hawks this offseason, will they at least think about moving Trey Young? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I think it could now, be a Trevor, possibility. I, I'll ask you that. Actually, you probably did see this because I think you're the one that sent it to us, but that that athletic thing article where they did like the NBA survey or whatever, anonymous survey, wasn't Trey Young mm-hmm. voted by like the NBA players as like the most overrated player in the NBA? He was, yeah. That's, he was. that's hilarious to me. I'm not I'm not a huge <laughs> Trey Young fan. I mean, I think he's fun to watch, but I, I can see it, I guess. He is very flashy. He's kind of to me he's a lot of I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna criticize the dude. He's good at basketball, but but he's very flashy to me. I feel like he his game is more suited for Instagram than actually, you know, nitty gritty playoff basketball. That's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I mean, obviously the defense is a big part of it. He's he's one of the worst defen- defenders in the NBA, probably. So that's a, that's a big part of it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see. But you mentioned that survey. That survey had a lot of interesting stuff. If you're listening to this and you and you don't know what we're talking about with that athletic survey, I would look it up. Uh, the players voted on a number of things. It was it was pretty cool. I enjoyed reading through it. Um, yeah, you, Br- yeah, Brandon will put it in the description, and that's a total joke. He won't, but <laughs> just look in the description. It'll it'll definitely not be there. Yeah. If, if one of you two remind me, I'll put it there. There's no shot any of us remember, but okay. And yeah. look, if one of you guys remind me, I will gladly put it there. I genuinely will. Um, but I'm not going to remember. Yeah, absolutely. We we will see. Um, but that's kind of the East. I mean, it still seems like, I mean, the Heat Bucks series, technically, I mean, it, it is up in the air because the Heat do have the, the lead right now. The Celtics series is pretty much over, Sixers series over. And, you know, it's possible. I mean, teams have come back from a 3-1 lead, but the Knicks are in control right now. So potentially looking at uh, Knicks versus the winner of Heat Bucks and then Celtics Sixers most likely in the East. Uh, Let's move to the West because the West is super interesting. A lot of very interesting series. We can knock out the one that's the least interesting first. That would be Nuggets-Timberwolves. The Nuggets lead the Timberwolves 3-1. It was almost a sweep. But last night, the Timberwolves did get a win in overtime. Uh, big performance from Anthony Edwards in that one. So the Timberwolves stay alive. You know, they they stay alive. Anthony Edwards, he had a quote, I think, before Game 4. It was something about, like, you know, I still believe we have a shot. Like, 3-0, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I mean, you always, you know, I like Anthony Edwards. I like watching him play. You like to hear stuff like that. But also, at the same time, Sorry, and it's it's not gonna happen. You're not you're not gonna come back and win four straight. But they did win one, you know. So give them credit for that. But Denver's just been really solid, and you know, Jokic last night he had 43 points, uh, 11 rebounds, and six assists. He continues to just do more of what he normally does. You know, Jokic has had uh, a pretty solid series so far um, overall. The first game, you know, he, he didn't have to do a ton. I mean, they won it pretty easily, so he only had 13 points. But, you know, overall in the series, averaging 26 a game, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, uh, pretty efficient. So he's playing really well. The Nuggets look good. Um, obviously, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray had a really good game. Um, I forget which game it was, but he is starting to look... I think he's starting to get back to the old Jamal Murray that we remember a couple years ago when Jamal Murray had a really good playoffs uh, in 2020 in the bubble. 
Um, obviously, in the duels with Donovan Mitchell in that series, and then against the Lakers, played pretty well as well, um, despite them losing that series. But Jamal Murray, he's he's showing up. He's playing better. And I'm I know it's the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves aren't necessarily. Uh, a fantastic team, but I'm I'm starting to feel a little bit better about the Nuggets. I was all, all already thinking it was kind of them or the Suns for the West, and I was I did say last week on the podcast that I thought the Suns had the edge. Um, I think I'm on the other side of that now. I think I'm starting to lean Denver for to win the West. Uh, Denver's been looking really good, and again, Jamal Murray's a big reason why. So, those are some of my thoughts on that that series. Uh, Brandon, any quick thoughts on? This series, Nuggets, Timberwolves. No, there's there's really nothing to mention here. Um, this this series is pretty much over, um, and I, I think the Nuggets will will finish it off at home in the next game. Yes, I would agree with that. Ben, would would you agree with that? Do you think the Nuggets are going to close it off, or is Anthony Edwards going to force a game six? No, I mean, I, I, everything I said with the Celtics, just copy and paste it here. I mean, I, I, I get, again, I give the Nuggets credit. They want another home game, but, I mean, they'll win in five. This, this series is over. Yeah. All right, absolutely. Next series, Clippers-Suns. Clippers-Suns, obviously, another series uh, with injuries. Kawhi has had, you know, this knee injury now. He's been out. It's a big mystery. I don't really know what's going on there. I, I'm not going to sit up here and question, uh, you know, Kawhi not being, like, tough enough to play. I have no idea what's going on, so I'm not going to sit up here and try to say anything like that. The reality is uh, the Clippers don't have a chance in this series. They don't have Kawhi. They don't have Paul George. They're down 3-1. There's no way for them to win. Now, if they did have, to have Kawhi, it would have been a lot more interesting because, obviously, they did win Game 1 when Kawhi was playing. And had a really good game, but he's not playing anymore. So that's kind of the reality. The Suns have been a little... Again, they're up 3-1, and I predicted they'd win the series in in 5, and it still does seem like that's going to happen. But yet the Clipper, or the Suns, to me, have been a little disappointing. I expected them to click a little bit better. I think I expected more from Kevin Durant, to be honest. I mean, there's a little bit of... And I've heard other people say this on the podcast. They talked about how it seems like Kevin Durant is still kind of feeling his way out. It seems like he's like trying to fit in. He's the new guy on the team. And he's not really uh, being all that aggressive. He's kind of sitting back and chilling and letting Devin Booker do his thing. But, you know, in this next series, assuming it is Suns Nuggets, Kevin Durant's got to be at his best. Um, so it, that's kind of a little, just a little bit of a concern I have with the Suns. Obviously, Devin Booker's been really good on both ends of the floor. He had 45 in their Game 3 win, 38 in their Game 2 win. So Devin Booker's been awesome. No complaints with him. Uh, Chris Paul, again, it's up and down. I think overall he's been pretty good. But the other concern, obviously, is the depth with this team. And that's what we talked about before. It's what we talked about when Kevin Durant trade happened. The depth, it's a big issue. It still is. Um, you know, so we'll have to see. But overall, I'm a little less confident in the, in the Suns uh, moving forward. I'm, I think I've flipped uh, to leaning toward the Nuggets winning the West. But I do still think the Suns will close out in five. And then we're going to get a really good series between the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. I am very excited for that. I think out of all of the round two series, I mean, I don't know. I, I think all of them can be really good because Sixers Celtics, I think, is going to happen. Whoever comes out of this bottom bracket that we're going to talk about, which who knows, both of those series are wild. Um, but I think Nuggets Suns is going to be an awesome series. Um, ben Suns Clippers. 
Obviously, I didn't even mention the biggest storyline, Russell Westbrook playing out of his mind yeah. despite losing. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about Russ kind of turning on, and what do you think about the series? He's balling out. I mean, the series, its it's been a good series. I mean, it's 3-1. Like, on paper, it doesn't seem like it's that great of a series, but the games have been awesome. Um, and a, lot, a large part of that is because of Russell Westbrook. Um, and, and, like, and Brandon made a good point before we recorded, like, Russell Westbrook does not play well with other superstars. I think that's that's pretty well noted. I mean, his best seasons have been with him by himself after Katie leaves. Um, so it, it it might be a different story if if PG and if Kawhi are healthy, but but they're not, which stinks because I it'd be more fun and more of an intriguing series. But it is cool to watch. I mean, Russell Westbrook's been awesome, um, really as you know the only option or I guess the the best option for his team with with the, with the other two guys out. So um, I mean, he's the reason why the games have been as close as as they are. Um, and the, the Suns will probably win Game Five, and it'll be over. But um, I mean, I, I think you can't ignore what Russell Westbrook has done. I mean, he was on the Lakers not that long ago, and it seemed like his career was done. I mean, he was he couldn't get along with anyone. He's been, struggled on the last however many teams he's been on, and it seems like he's at least to an extent, maybe not a full um, degree back to where he was, but at least to an extent, he seems like he's he's gotten back to what he's best at, which is dominating the ball and and putting up you know, numbers all, all across the board. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know what his future is or anything like that, but it has been cool to watch him, you know, go whatever it was, 26-7 and whatever, um, for a team that, that needs him desperately. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brandon, a- any thoughts on this series? What, what are you thinking about the Suns? What are you feeling about them right now? Um, I mean, do I think they can win a championship? I still have faith that they can win. I definitely think they're getting by this series. Um, I'd imagine that, when do they play tomorrow, I'm guessing? Right? They play tomorrow? Yeah, they play tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yes. Probably going to finish the game out tomorrow, because uh, it seems like Russ might be the best player on the Clippers. And look, if Russ is your best player, you're not winning anything. Um, so they're they're not going to win. Um, but the Suns, I, I feel like my... Uh, Thought process of like them being able to win a championship has definitely decreased uh, a little, little bit, uh, but not too much. So we'll see. I I still got faith in the Suns, but but it's definitely lessened a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, next series. I think this next series is probably my favorite series. It's the Sacramento Kings against the Warriors. This series is tied two two. Um, last night we had a thrilling game. The Warriors kind of hung on by a thread won the game 126 to 125 over the Kings. So it's tied 2-2 going back to Sacramento in game five. And I've loved everything about this series. I mean, the Sacramento Kings might be the most fun team in the entire playoffs. I love watching them. De'Aaron Fox has been awesome. He's just been a joy to watch overall um, throughout this series. And he's been really good. But now we did get news this morning um, that he has, uh, they're, they're saying that it's a fractured uh, into his index finger on his shooting hand which so his left hand which is his shooting hand uh fractured finger so uh they're listing him as doubtful for game five so we will see obviously that's huge news because he is the king's best player you know more unfortunate news more talk about injuries but as far as the series up to this point what we've kind of seen to me I think the Sacramento Kings are the more talented team I really do I think when you go down the line and you just list like the best players in this series. I mean, Curry obviously is still the best player in the series, but Fox is probably number two. And I think the Kings probably have the third best. I think Sabonis is probably the third best. And you could keep going down the line. I think the Kings are overall 
a more talented team than the Warriors. However, you know, that experience, it's it's still a factor. It's still a factor, and the Warriors, it's probably the biggest reason they were able to win that game four, despite the fact that the Kings, you know, they had so many opportunities to win game four. I mean, I can't, I don't remember exactly how many times, but there were at least two or three times in the last four minutes of that game uh, last night where the Kings, you know, just put up horrible shots. Like, early in the shot clock, forcing up, uh, pull-up threes, stuff like that. It wasn't great. And then Harrison Barnes had the opportunity, which was a good look at the buzzer to win the game for Sacramento and obviously did not go in. I think it hit back rim uh, there. So Sacramento had just had so many opportunities, couldn't quite close out. But I'm still excited to see what happens. I mean, I picked Warriors in seven. Um I think I still feel that way. I think I still feel the same way, especially with this news about Fox. Um, I was I was starting to think, you know what, maybe the Kings will win, but this one's just, it's so tough to call. I really think it is a toss-up series. I think with the Fox news, maybe it's tilted in Golden State's favor. Um, but Ben, what, what are some of your thoughts on this series? I mean, do do you think this is the bet has been the best series for you out of all of them so far? Absolutely, this has been my favorite series. Um, it's it's awesome. Like it's just like it's just such a cool story. Like obviously you have the top dog, the defending champs. I mean, the Warriors versus like just this team that is impossible to hate. Like there's no way that you can hate the Kings for. I mean, they've been their organization has been garbage forever. Um, and like they've had a top five draft pick for like the last 30 years. Um, so it's impossible to hate them. So it's, it's like, and yeah, like the, the Kings are the, are the three seed and they're the, I guess the favorite in the series, but I mean, it's the Warriors, like the Warriors are the, the definition of like, yeah, you just got to make the playoffs and then you can turn it on with your superstars in the playoffs. So I would still say like going into the series that I would, I would have expected the Warriors to win this series. So it's just a really cool storyline and a really cool matchup to watch. Um, and obviously like. Like if you're just a casual basketball fan, it, it it's hard not to not to get excited about this series. Just again because of kind of that David versus Goliath, at least to an extent, storyline that that kind of backdrops this entire series. Um, I will say this: so bonus, I I watched like half the game the other day. So this is this is my analysis. Um, if Sabonis could make like a mid range jump shot from like the elbow, I think the Kings could win by like forty every game because that's literally like the whole the whole strategy for the Warriors is just like let Sabonis shoot mid range jump shots. Um, and Brandon knows this, like that was like the only thing that I'm like decent at basketball is just shooting a little mid range jump shot from the elbow. So the way that they're guarding hit, uh, Sabonis is my dream. Like when I, when I imagine like scoring like 80 points in an NBA basketball game, like Kobe did someday, it's just shooting mid range jump shots from the elbow. So Sabonis is living my dream. He's just not making the shots. And that's probably why they're tied two two because I swear to God, the dude cannot make a mid range jump shot to save his life. Um, so, but yeah. other than that, he's a good player and he's, he's great down low, but like he just can't make, make a mid range jump shot. Um, but I, I, I hope he figured it out, Trevor, because I want the, the Kings to win so bad. I think it'd be an awesome story. It'd be really cool for the NBA to see them take down the, the defending champs. So basically what I heard, Ben, is that you think you're better than Damanis Sabonis at basketball. That's kind of what I, I think I'm, heard. I think I'm better at, I think I'm better at a, a very small <sighs> part of the game, which is shooting from one very specific <laughs> spot on the floor. He's better at any other spot on the floor. He's, I would imagine he's not a terrible three-point shooter. He's great down low. He just, for whatever reason, can't shoot a mid-range jump shot. And it's crazy. Like, the Warriors know that, and they're like, go for it, dude. And it's so frustrating to watch because it's not even – like, it's just like if you're an NBA player, I feel like you have to be able to make a mid-range at some sort of decent clip. 
and I get it. It's a shot that's just not super efficient in today's basketball with analytics, but it's so frustrating to watch somebody be that wide open. I mean, he's an all-star. He's that wide open yeah. on a mid-range jumper from the elbow, and he can't make it. Like, it's just frustrating, especially when you're losing games by th- one to three points in a series. Like, this is, it's just annoying. Yeah, I mean, Sabonis, yeah, in general, he's not a very good shooter. That's definitely a big weakness in his game. Obviously, he's, you know, a fantastic passer, a fantastic rebounder. Um, he's a really good player. I mean, I, I he's probably going to be, I think, third-team All-NBA center. So he's been obviously really good for Sacramento this year. But, yeah, that is a weakness in his game. And, you know, the Warriors, Draymond Green in particular, did a really good job defending him uh, late in the game in particular um, on Sunday. So Draymond Green, you know, the calling card is the defense. Even if Draymond Green isn't really a threat to score at this stage of his career, which I don't really think he is, he can't shoot it, Um, he's not as athletic, he's not as quick, and driving to the basket, he doesn't really try to do it as much anymore. Obviously, he's older. Um, but still a fantastic defensive player, um, you know, in, in big moments like this. So he's had, and he had great defense in game two, Trevor, with the leg extension as well. I would say. <laughs> yeah, with the great leg, leg extension. extension. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brandon's going to be doing some leg extensions in a couple of days when we go to the gym. Oh, um, All right. <laughs> but uh, Brandon, so, hey, Trevor, can you take a vi- can you take a video of Brandon like the day after? I just want to see him like crawl around your house. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Get him a cane no or need. something. Just. Trevor, make him. I mean, I want you to put him through hell. I really do. Do it for me. <laughs> there's there's yeah. no need. There's no need. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brandon. Brandon, what are some of your thoughts on this series? Uh, Trevor, look, I uh, I think it's I think it is impossible for us not to root for the Kings. Okay, um, but go ahead, Ben. I said I agree. I can. But. Go. I think it is looking more and more like the Warriors are going to win. I'm concerned about this fractured finger uh, for De'Aaron Fox, just like you said. Um, and I am incredibly concerned that the Warriors um, are going to pull this off. Now, unlike the Cavs, well, like the Cavs, the Warriors are horrendous. Uh, not at home. They're like 11-30 and 30 or something. Yeah, I mean, they're awful away. Um, but I just don't have faith... In the Kings with the hurt, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is is a just a carrying force on this team. So I'm I'm a little concerned, and I think the Warriors will also pull it off in seven. All right, well that's that series. Let's move into the final series. Um, and Brandon, I'm gonna start with you on this series: the Memphis Grizzlies and the Lakers. The Lakers have a two to one lead. Um, at, well, to us listeners, again, this game is going on later tonight, so you know the result of Game Four. But what are some of your thoughts on this Lakers Grizzly series? Yeah, look, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry. One team has LeBron James and one doesn't, uh, and the team that has LeBron James is going to win. It's that simple. Doesn't matter. The Grizzlies are the higher seed. It also seems like so much is being taken away from this series because of the Dylan Brooks versus LeBron James drama. I mean, who cares? LeBron's going to destroy these guys. GGs go to the next one. Not concerned with this series at all. Lakers win four one. <laughs> four to one yeah i mean this this series has been another really fun one too uh this would probably be my second favorite series behind the king's warriors and you know again it's i i said earlier like it's a big question mark we have no idea who are going to be the two teams facing each other in the second round it could be any combination of the four teams and whoever it is that'll be a really good second round series as well um but in this series um the lakers they go up two one 
Anthony Davis has obviously been huge for the Lakers just in general, but in this series as well. Um, you know, in, in the most recent game, he had 31.17 rebounds, um, you know, shot 11-14 from the field, made 8 of 10 free throws. So Anthony Davis, again, just a big uh, force on both ends, offense and defense. Obviously, we know what he can do um, defending the rim, and he's been, well, he was really good in that game in particular. Um, you know, and John Morant, he, he did have a really good game in his return Obviously, the 45 points, 13 assists. I mean, just an incredible stat line. But for me, it kind of seemed like in this game, I didn't really ever feel like the Lakers were going to lose it. It just feels like the Lakers had control throughout. Obviously, um, they went into the fourth quarter with a 20-point lead. Uh, the final score ended up being 111-101. to They won by 10 points. So really good game for the Lakers overall. Again, still getting contributions from the bench. You know, these these moves at the trade deadline, it really seems like they're paying off. It does. I mean, Rudy Hachimura, he had another pretty solid game. He had 16 points off the bench for the Lakers in this latest win. Austin Reeves, uh, 5 for 10, he had 13 points. D'Angelo Russell contributing with 17 points. And then obviously LeBron with uh, 25, 9, and 7. Uh, pretty pretty standard average uh, LeBron performance there. Um, not not great, but not bad either. Just kind of a solid uh, LeBron performance. And they have a 2-1 lead. So this game tonight is going to be super interesting because obviously Jaw is back now after missing um, about a game and a half, I would say. Uh, he's back, and the Grizzlies, you know, I, I, I think last week when I was talking about this series, I didn't talk about enough how big... Um, the loss of Steven Adams was to the Grizzlies. And it is a big loss because he's very important to them. Obviously, he's normally their starting center. Um, he's big for defense, big for rebounding. And without him, and especially in a series like this one, when you're playing Anthony Davis and LeBron James, Steven Adams really would have been a big help to them. And without him, it's kind of tough because then – you know, as far as the the rim protection, the defense, you're relying a lot on Jaron Jackson. He's an awesome player. He's a great shot blocker. But if he gets into any foul trouble, you don't really have anyone else. You don't have another big that can step up because there's no Steven Adams. And they don't even have Brandon Clark either, who normally would be kind of like the third big for the Grizzlies. So two of their three best bigs are hurt, you know, so that's a lot uh, riding on a player like Jaron Jackson. He has to do a lot, and now you're seeing them have to rely on a guy like Xavier Tillman, who, you know, he's a he's a fine bench player, but in, in terms of, like, a crunch time spot going against a guy like Anthony Davis, it's just tough. It's not really uh, – it's not a very good spot to be in if you're the Grizzlies. So I am leaning toward the Lakers in this series. I know I picked the Grizzlies in seven – last week but from what I've seen in these three games I know John Morant's back and I I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies do tie it up tonight um but I do lean the Lakers I think it's still I don't know it it, it could be six it could be seven I'm not too sure but I am leaning the Lakers I think they're the better team the more complete team we've seen enough from the bench for me to trust them and again, in the back of your mind, you are always thinking about the health of Davis and LeBron. You're always thinking about mm-hmm. it, but I I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning Lakers right now. Um, ben, what are some of your thoughts? I mean, I clearly want the Lakers to win, but I will say, like, I, I think whoever wins game four is going to win this series. Like, obviously, if the Lakers win to go 3-1, I think they'll win. But I think if 
if the the Grizzlies can take a two two series back home and have have two out of three at home, um, I'd feel really good about about my chances if I were them. So it's a it's a huge game for I think for for either side in this series. Um, and Trevor, I was literally about to say like I I I, I don't want this to happen, but like I'm just. I'm just assuming this will happen. Anthony Davis will probably miss at least like a quarter of the next three games. Like he will miss one quarter of a game at some point because he'll have to go to the locker room for like stubbing his toe or something stupid like he always does. Um, so that is always a concern. I do think that that will happen at some point. He will he will go to the locker room because of an injury at, at some point in the next couple games. Um, but I think you made a good point about Steven Adams. Like I, I think a lot of times he's – I don't want to say he's not appreciated, but I do think people forget just how valuable of a player he is and, and how versatile he is as a player, both offensively and defensively. Um, and that clearly has been something that they've been lacking against Anthony Davis in the series. So um, it, it's been a, it's been a good series. It's it's I I still think the the Kings and the the Warriors series has been a better series, but I think this is definitely one of the best series that we have going on right now, just because of. Um, the storylines and because of the whole LeBron versus Dylan Brooks thing, I, I think it's it's really good basketball. It's fun to watch, and I, I hope LeBron can pull it out. But if they lose this game four tonight, I'm not, I'm going to be very worried about um, I guess their chances in the series going going back to Memphis for two out of three on the road. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We will see. I'm I'm very excited for uh, tonight's game. Uh, but Brandon, if you, if you don't have any other thoughts, I mean that's pretty much it uh, as far as the playoffs go. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep it moving here because. Uh, just looked at the time, Trevor, and we, we spoke for a long time about the NBA with uh, another major topic still up, so we'll keep it moving here. Uh, we do got to talk about this. This is breaking news uh, only maybe four, five, six hours ago, um, and that is the Packers trade. Um, so I'm going to run through it here. Uh, the Packers did trade Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. So the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, the 15th pick, and then the 170th pick. The Packers got the 13th pick, 42nd pick, 207th pick and then a second rounder next year and then it's going to become a first rounder if Rodgers plays 65% of plays so essentially they're getting two first round picks so uh, the trade calculator uh, done by some of the PFF guys calculated that essentially the, the Packers got worth of a seventh round pick and then if the first rounder next year if it hits as a first rounder next year it becomes the value of the third overall pick so seventh overall pick the third overall pick Either way, the Packers guy, an absolute steal. Essentially, Aaron Rodgers is a one-year loner for this upcoming year. And Rodgers is a good player. I like Rodgers a lot. Um, but he's old. And it's not like he played amazing last year. They're paying for a guy that he used to be. He's not quite that guy anymore. He's still really good, and he'll do well on the Jets for sure. But that is a lot to give up for Aaron Rodgers. This is a classic example of exactly what the Browns did. They paid way too much for a quarterback, and the Jets did the same thing here. And I think it'll end up biting them in the butt uh, coming up here. And they got a tough division to get out of um, and, frankly, conference to get out of. So I'm excited to see what happens with this. Um, I think this is going to be an absolute dumpster fire over in New York, and there's going to be a lot of upset divas uh, over there like Aaron Rodgers. But maybe I am wrong. Uh, ben, I'm gonna go to you. What do you think about this? I mean, you may like it, you're right. I mean, he's he's however old, 39 years old, and you, if you're the Jets, you're getting him for one year. That's guaranteed. Like, um, I I I get it. And like, I mean, he said he wanted to go to the Jets, so the Jets kind of had to do what they had what they had to do to get him. Um, I I think if I'm a Packers fan, I'm thrilled because 
he wasn't going to play for the Packers next year regardless. He was either going to retire or he was going to play for another team. So the Packers already are cool with not – like, they already expect him not to be there anymore. The fact that they can get um, a second rounder, whatever it is, a, a, probably a first rounder next year, um, I think that that's great. And like you said, I mean, obviously PFF thinks that the Packers won that deal. I, I would agree. Anytime you can get rid of a dude that's – yeah, he's a great football player, but let's be honest here, he's gotten you one Super Bowl in however many years and he especially the last few years he's hasn't been great in the playoffs um so the fact that they can they can get rid of the the I guess nuisance that he's been off the field and they can get you know a a solid package for their future I I think as a Packers fan I'd be thrilled about about this trade and there's really not a whole lot you can complain about yep 100% Trevor thoughts yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, the Packers got a great deal out of this. That conditional pick that could become the first if he plays 65% of the games. I mean, uh, I mean, it's more likely than not that he will play more than 65% games. So getting a first-round pick would be huge for the Packers on top of... I mean, even without the first-round pick, you can argue it was still a good trade for the Packers. It's an amazing trade um, still. But getting it, obviously, just you know, makes it makes it a lot better. Uh, getting that pick, so really good deal for the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is like I don't know, thirty eight. I think he's like thirty eight, thirty nine years old. So if you make a trade like this, like when he's like thirty one, then maybe right. it's justified. But he's thirty nine, and we don't know how much longer he's going to play. Like Aaron Rodgers might retire next off season. So you're getting one year potentially. I mean, maybe maybe they'll get one more than one year out of Aaron Rodgers, but it worst case scenario, it could be one year. And this is a stacked AFC have as we have mentioned, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 times. We we talk about it all the time, how stacked the AFC is and coming into um this conference, again, the Jets, yes, they have their talent team, they've, you know, really solid pieces, a lot of young talent. Adding Aaron Rodgers does make them better, sure, but just in their own division, you have the Bills to worry about. You have the Dolphins to worry about. I don't really think you have the Patriots to worry about. But you have two teams in your own division to worry about. And then on top of that, you have the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, who are all still better than the Jets. So what what are we saying? At best, the Jets are, I don't know. Let's see, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, definitely all three better than them. The Chargers are better than them. At best, this is at best, they're the fifth best team in the AFC. And honestly, I'm not even sure if they're fifth. So it's a, it's a tough call there for the Jets. I know, you know, you want to get a good quarterback. Their quarterback situation's terrible currently be, before the Aaron Rodgers trade. So you want to try to get someone, but this isn't this isn't the move to make because he's now so old and he might be gone after one year. All right, well, we'll go into our final topic for the day. Um, as we are, we are getting extended on time here, and that is the NFL draft. Now, gentlemen, I got a lot of thoughts. The draft. You guys know that the Thursday night draft one, or the first round of the draft, is one of my favorite nights, favorite days of the entire year. It's like a holiday in my book. And this Thursday is going to be no different. Now, granted, we do have a weaker draft in my opinion. This draft is not that strong this year. Um, a lot of the, you know, it's been kind of leaking. There's a lot of teams that only think there's like 10 to 15. Uh, you know, first round grade prospects. Um, so definitely a little bit of a weaker draft. But look, we have a lot of quarterbacks, and we got a lot of teams that want these quarterbacks. Um, and there's definitely some other good players scattered around there. So guys, I don't know if you just want me to start talking because I got a lot of thoughts in a lot of different places. I don't know if there's somewhere you, where you want to start specifically, Trevor. Where, where, where do you want to start with the draft? 
I mean, we all like quarterbacks, obviously. So we, we could definitely yeah. start with the quarterbacks. Um, I know a little bit about a few of them, some of the ones at the top. Um, but other than that, obviously, you're the one driving the bus here, Brandon. Uh, so I, I think quarterbacks might be a good place to start. All right. So let's let's start there. I'm cool with that. Um, so let's start with the top quarterback in this draft. I think it's technically C.J. Stroud. Now, Stroud and Young are both good. And they both have, you know, good things and really bad things. You know, the good things of Stroud is that he uh, he's, he's quite big. He's 6'3". Uh, he's a little light at 214, it says here. Um, you know, the good things are he has very good stats. Really, really good stats. Um, and, you know, playing in Ohio State, you're going to have good stats. I think the, uh, the biggest thing about Stroud, kind of the biggest negative, a lot of people talk about the positives. I'm not going to go through every single positive of these quarterbacks. He's a good release, whatever. doesn't matter. The biggest negative for Stroud is kind of the Ohio State standard. It's that you play with the absolute best talent in the league, or I guess in the, in the, in the country. When you go to the NFL, you're not going to play with that talent. So adjusting of three years of being around just top-level receivers to now is going to be a very, very different experience for him. And I think that he's going to have a, a tough time going over to the NFL. We've seen that with Ohio State quarterbacks. So Stroud, not, you know, I, I, I do think he's a good player, and I think he you know, could have a very good career, but I am nervous about his at least first year. Additionally, Stroud doesn't like to move his legs, and that really showed in the Michigan game this year. He's going to have to move a little bit in the, uh, in the NFL, and he's, he's going to be hit much more than he was in college. We look at Bryce Young, who's kind of the second quarterback uh, that you know people think will be taken off the board. Um, Bryce Young is small. He is very small, 5'10". Um, and if you look at recently, there's been some smaller quarterbacks given big contracts. We have Russell Wilson. We have Kyler Murray. How have those worked out? Not that great. Now, I'm not saying a small quarterback couldn't be good. I'm saying I wouldn't want a small quarterback. Um, I think Bryce Young does have a lot of intangible things that are really, really great. I think he could be a really good uh you know, potential leader for a team, but he is very, very, very small. We then look at Anthony Richardson, who has shot up lead, uh, draft boards for, frankly, just like every team, it seems like. Um, you know, there was a point in time where we were thinking that he'd be like a late first-round pick, someone would take a little flyer on him, be like, oh, we're going to get a Lamar Jackson. Um, but I don't think he's quite as much like Lamar Jackson. He is way bigger than Lamar. He's 244, 6'4". Um, I think he's much more like uh, a Cam Newton or a Tim Tebow. Um, and his arm, he can chuck the ball incredibly far, but he uh, is not the most accurate quarterback. And I think that change in the NFL is going to be a very, very tough one. He has an incredibly raw talent. Um, and if he can get to that point, he's going to be an excellent player. I have two more quarterbacks I want to talk about. The next one I want to talk about is Will Levis. I love Will Levis. Well, Levis might be my favorite quarterback in this draft. Now, he's very inconsistent, but he also played at Kentucky, who's terrible and doesn't have good receivers over there at all. Um, you know, one thing it says here on the ringer is that he likes putting mayonnaise in his coffee. That's weird. I don't condone that. Don't do that. But Will Levis has really good size. He's really good arm strength. He has the athleticism, and he has every tool that you could possibly need and possibly have to be a great quarterback in the league. It's going to be a question of can he use those tools and can he be developed. If he gets on the right team, like I think like a Colt, the Colts would be a perfect spot for him. That would be a great spot where he'd be able to develop. 
Um, you know, a team like the Texans, not so much. Although I don't think the Texans will be drafting him. Um, last, I want to talk about Hendon Hooker, um, who people really, really like. It seems like he's going up leaderboards. Um, he did well in college. They had a really good season at Tennessee before he got hurt. Uh, but that's the big thing about him is he gets hurt. He's coming off an enormous uh, knee injury, very, very major knee injury on his throwing foot. Um, so they are his pressure foot when he throws. So I'm I'm concerned about that. I wouldn't be drafting Hendon Hooker. Uh, if I'm drafting him based off talent, he could very well be a first-round talent. Uh, but I don't see his ceiling being that great. I see his ceiling being like a rotational starter, one of those guys that a team signs for $8 million uh, with an upside to get like 12 over a year. So Hooker's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm interested to see what type of team will take a chance on him. Um, and, you know, see if he gets some PT in the league. Uh, do either of you guys have any thoughts on the quarterbacks or want to piggyback on some, thoughts, some stuff that I've said? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess to me, the first thing is I don't think any of these quarterbacks are like, I don't think any of them really stand out as being like a no-brainer. Like, this guy's going to be incredible. That, that's kind of my takeaway. I mean, I my instinct just from watching them play in college my instinct says that I think Bryce Young's the best of them, but I'm not super confident in that because, again, he is small, and, and we haven't really seen a lot of quarterbacks that are, you know, his size work out super well. I mean, Kyler Murray was, you know, he, he's had some good showing, but we haven't seen recently this past season he had, he didn't play super well. So it's kind of tough, and that's definitely got to be a concern. But that's kind of my thought. I, I don't think there's anyone that truly stands out like an Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning or even like a Trevor Lawrence, a guy who I really liked coming out of Clemson. And like a, a good you know thing to like say here is like Stroud is a lot like you know like Stroud and Young. So Stroud's big comparisons um, are like Dak Prescott, kind of more recently, and Matt Ryan. So, I mean, is that, like, a great comparison? You know, like, is that the comparison you want your franchise quarterback to be? I don't know. Like, that doesn't seem like that's what I would want. Um, and Ky- uh, not Kyler Murray. Bryce Young seems like he's a lot more like Kyler Murray. Uh, very, very flashy type player. But, again, he's, he's very, very small. I'm very nervous about him taking hits in the pocket. And we've seen him get hurt. Um, you know, being that small in the NFL is a very, very tough thing to, to kind of get over. Some people have compared him to uh, more like Steve Young very early in his career when he was throwing a lot of picks. So, I don't know. I don't love any of these quarterbacks. My favorite is Will Levis. I'm excited to see how he plays. He seems by far the most rugged uh, of the quarterbacks right now. He seems like he could potentially get to like a Drew Brees. That's kind of the comparison I'd have from although Drew Brees was a little short too. So, I don't know. We'll see. Ben, any... Anything you want to add on the quarterbacks before we move on? No, I mean, like Trevor said, I'm not like super impressed with any of them. I mean, Bryce Young will go number one, um, but like Trevor said, compared to, to to previous number one picks, just even the last like five years, I'm I'm not super impressed with him. He is small, but I guess so is Russell Wilson, and he's had a fine NFL career. So um, I I think he'll be okay. I mean, he's going to play right away in in, in Carolina, but. Um, yeah, there's, there's nobody that I think is a have-to-draft and no-brainer. Um, and that's why, like, I, I've done this PFF, like, mock draft thing, like, seven times today just because I'm curious to see how the quarterback situation plays out. And other than Bryce Young going one, which has been every single time, the the other, whatever it is, three quarterbacks 
um, that are projected to go in this first round, three, four quarterbacks, it, it's all kind of been different. And I really do think that's kind of the the attitude of this draft is like, we nobody really knows what what's going to happen in, in, until it happens. I mean, Bryce Young going one, I think most people assume is going to happen. I think that will. But after that, it's a total free-for-all. Um, because there's plenty of people that, that think that the Texans won't even take a quarterback. If they do, I guess it'll be C.J. Stroud, but then that, that changes everything. And then, you know, obviously the, the Cardinals want to trade picks, so maybe somebody trades up and takes a quarterback. Who knows? So um, in terms of quarterbacks, I think I think that attitude and, and the attitude of, like, we don't really know what's going to happen after the first pick kind of reflects the idea of of teams kind of being willing to, to go with the flow and, and see what happens before they make a decision on these quarterbacks. Because, again, I, I just don't think any, any team feels super strong. Like, yeah, this is me totally from the outside, but I don't think any team feels super strongly about, like, we have to get this guy. This guy is is the, is the piece that we're looking for. I think most of the teams at the top of this draft are, are cool with just seeing how it plays out and taking the best player, um, at least that they think is available at, at, at their pick. Yeah, for sure. A uh, couple other, like, little storylines I want to talk about. Bijan Robinson is a really interesting one. I have adamantly talked about how running backs don't really matter in the NFL. Um, if you look at, like, Super Bowl-winning teams, they never seem to have, like, the top running backs or even, like, the top 10 running backs. They're never paid a lot of money. B. John Robinson is so interesting. He seems like he might be, in terms of a prospect, the absolute best running back prospect we have ever seen. Um, and... The thing is, is it's teams are smart now where they're like, we don't want to draft a running back early. You've seen like so many instances of it just not working out. But B. John Robinson seems to be special. Now, the one team people are really nervous. There's a lot of executives. Like, there's been a lot of rumors about B. John Robinson going to the Eagles if he like falls that far, which doesn't seem like out of the realm of possibility. And if that's the case, that would be an absolute lethal combination uh Bijan Robinson on the Eagles I would love to see that their offensive line is great Jalen Hurts is great you now are gonna have that dual threat that seems to be almost unstoppable I'd be very interesting if we get there the two other prospects I really really want to talk about is Will Anderson and Jalen Carter I think these are by far the most talented guys in this draft these are 1a and 1b either if you your team is getting one of those guys you guys hit on this draft they seem like they're just absolute insane in terms of upside and where they are currently. Will Anderson was mocked last year, um, being able to be, like if he came out of the draft, was able to, well, he wasn't able to, but if he was able to, he would have been one of the top you know, couple picks. I would take him number one this year if I didn't need a quarterback. Jalen Carter has had, you know, gone into some stuff recently, but he's still an absolute insane talent. He has just an unlimited motor. His pass rush is excellent. He's going to get a lot of sacks for whoever drafts him. Any other prospects you guys want to discuss before I continue here? Trevor, I'll start with you. Um, Not not really anyone that stands out. I mean, I think I just have, uh, you know, some questions. Some of them probably have to be off the podcast. Um, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to learn more. Obviously, the draft's coming up on Thursday. So I'm pretty excited um, about that. The Jalen Carter stuff you kind of talked about, um, you kind of mentioned that. But yeah, like you said, Bijan Robinson uh, looks like a really good prospect um, from the very from the little I've seen. Um, but you know, if he happened to fall to the Eagles, that would be pretty nuts, as you mentioned. Um, but I'm also interested, as I usually am, in the receivers. Brandon, um, we have a lot of good receivers. Obviously, uh, Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. He's one of them. But there are a number of other really good receiver prospects in this draft. 
Yeah, so JSN is probably the universally thought of number one guy. He's really young. He just turned 21. Um, he seems like he is just an absolutely insane talent. Obviously coming off a pretty big injury, but all according to like everyone that knows anything about injuries, it seems like he'll be perfectly fine. Uh, some of the, the other receivers, it's actually like a decently deep receiver draft. Jordan Addison's a great pick. Safe Flowers have been rising up boards. The person I actually want to talk about, though, is Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston, if you would have asked me two months ago, I would have said he's a top 10 pick. Now it seems like he won't even be going in the first round, and this is probably a combination of his kind of slower 40 time, um, his drops that he had in his most recent season. Um, and it's been kind of an interesting last couple of months for Quinn Johnson. He might potentially drop to like pick 50, 60, it seems like, um, which would be just an absolutely insane drop for him. The other pass catcher I really want to talk about, this is not a receiver, but I think it's really important to talk about him, is Dalton Kincaid. Did I say that right, Ben? Yes, that's correct. Perfect. Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid's the Titan from Utah. He's 23 years old, 6'4", 246. People have been talking about how he is literally the next Travis Kelsey. Everything about his makeup is just like Travis Kelsey. He's almost a perfect tight end talent. His blocking could get a little bit better, um, but his pass catching ability, I mean, it just seems like he's a bigger receiver, just like we see in Travis Kelsey. So that's going to be a tight end that I think a lot of these kind of mid-level to to higher-level teams are going to be targeting. Ben, this would be a perfect pick for your Bengals. Uh, he's going to go well before your Bengals pick, yeah, uh, exactly. but he would be an absolute perfect pick for your Bengals. So um, I think that kind of wraps up the really important pass catchers to talk about. I know Zay Flowers is rising up people's boards. Um, he is very short. He's 5'9", 182, but it seems like he's going to be an excellent slot receiver for whoever drafts him. Uh, big comparison on here uh, that I see is Brandon Cooks, who's another good slot receiver. So we'll have to see where the receivers pan out. Um, I'll tell you this, I hope the Ravens don't draft one, but that's what I say every year, and they always seem to draft receivers that stink. So we'll have to see. Anything else you guys would like to talk about draft-related before we wrap up the pod here for today? I don't think so. Yeah, I, hate I, mean, the f- yeah, go I hate ahead. the fact that it's in Kansas City because they're annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just interested to see what some of these different teams do. I mean, the Bears just made, obviously, a really solid trade. Now they have the ninth pick. I'm interested to see um, who they get. Obviously, I think they'll probably go for someone on defense. Um, who knows? Maybe Jalen Carter will fall all the way to number nine. If he if he did, it seems like that'd be a huge steal uh, for them. You know, the Bears are starting to build something that's kind of interesting. So, uh, you know, that's one of the teams. There's a number of other teams. Obviously, the Panthers at number one, probably taking a quarterback and you know, just a number of other, uh, you know, just interested to see kind of the moves that different teams make. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. All right, well, I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Definitely wait a little over on time, but that's all good. No worries. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you did enjoy, leave a five-star review. Um, and, uh, of course, subscribe to the podcast as well. That'd be very helpful. Go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. Keep up to date with all of our content that goes live. Of course, follow our Twitter account at the Baller as well. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!